Good morning, and happy Father's Day. You know, for uh, for those of you that uh, had fathers in your life, um, be very grateful. Um, my dad was not around growing up, but even um, then God provided men in my life that have always been role models and examples, and sometimes I think we get locked into the biological fathers, but we know that there's fathers of all kind uh, for the adopted or for those that don't have, for the fatherless. So uh, remember each of them today, and as we talk about Father's Day, we're going to be talking about uh, all those different things. Um, our scripture today is, is just a couple of verses out of Ephesians chapter 6, the first four verses. And, um, you know, when we come to these special days, we talk about... We more focus on, on the, the person or the uh, event that's happening. And, and this sort of leads us into this. And the beginning of Ephesians 6 tells us this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on this earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Uh, there's quite a, quite a statement there. Uh, a small uh, boy once said, you know, Father's Day is sort of like Mother's Day, only the gifts don't cost quite as much. And uh, Mark Twain had said, you know, when I was 14 years old, he says, I thought my father was the most ignorant man around, but when I became 21, I was amazed at how much he had learned in those seven years. So, uh, you know, we, we look at things differently through different stages of our life. Uh, there was some father sayings I thought were sort of interesting, and I ask you men, uh, which of you have maybe said some of these to your kids as you grow up and it was out of the world according to dad, but how many of you have said, make sure you bring back all the change? <laughs> Another one was, I don't know, ask your mother. Another one, do you think I'm made out of money? You're going to go, and you're going to have fun. I remember telling my kids that sometime. Who's paying the bills around here anyways? If you break your leg, don't come running to me. Uh, get down before you kill yourself. On second hand, go ahead. <laughs> Quit playing with your food. Be quiet. Can't you see I'm trying to think? Why? Because I said so. Just wait till you have kids of your own someday. And I'm enjoying that right now, watching with the grandkids. Um, I was not asleep, I was just resting my eyes. That's the one I like to use a lot. My favorite one, I think, around home was, you know, shut off the lights when you leave the room. You know, we have these things in our life. But being a parent, being a father can be very challenging. It can be very exasperating at times. And, and um, someone said, you know, uh, in, in childhood, we spend the first part of the childhood trying to teach them to walk and talk in the second part of the childhood, telling them to sit and be quiet. So it's a conflict as we raise our children up. But both parenting and, and fatherhood can be a, a, a real trial. And um, I'm often uh, humbled when we talk about Father's Day and, um, and convicted and challenged because I think a lot of fathers really try to do the right thing um, as we raise our children, but we find ourselves sometimes getting tied into life and 
we make the mistakes, we get the priorities messed up sometimes, and uh, our children love us anyways, and they, they have wonderful things to say about us despite all of our mistakes. So I'm a father that says, you know, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know, I understand that through my life I had priorities wrong a lot of times in my life. It wasn't that I wasn't a Christian raising our children, but, you know, I, I became sort of a workaholic. I became a provider. I got busy with uh, the fun things in life sometimes and, and uh, really missed some things. And I often share in our, our testimony we had five children, uh, the first one was a boy, the last one was a boy, so and then we had the three girls in between, but um, probably for our first three children, I was busy like all the time, and when our, our youngest one came along, he looked identical actually as a child to uh, my oldest boy, and I had realized when he was born how much I had missed by doing other things with, uh, you know, in my life that I had missed with my other children, and I really... At that time, you try to make it up, but we know that we can never make it up. But one thing I want to just say as fathers today is no matter where we are at, no matter the mistakes that we have made, no matter the priorities that we have screwed up in our life, uh, today is a new day, and we can always start um, to be that example that we need to be. I mean, because we all are going to fail at different times in our life uh, through these things. So be encouraged. Um, and I really want you to remember maybe to, you know, we come to church to, to honor the Lord and on a day like today to honor the fathers too. And, and we want to do both. And so um, honor your fathers today. And today I just want to talk about um, some things maybe that we should thank our, our dads for or those special men in our life for. Uh, one is I want to thank them for the material provisions. I want to thank them for their faithful instruction. And I want to thank them also for their godly Example, And those are three things in life that sometimes uh, we fail to thank people for or thank our fathers for. You know, 1 Timothy 5.8 says this, If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially those of his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than a non-believer. So as we talk about thanks for the material provisions, um, sometimes that's where dads get wrapped up in. We try to provide for the family. We want the the, the kids to have more than we did as we grew up. I grew up in a, a very poor family, a, a welfare family, um, a single parent family. And so when we got married, we had kids. I wanted my kids to um, always have things that I didn't have, the comfort of, of knowing that this is home, uh, the, the blessing of having two parents, and just providing, not worrying about meals or foods or things like that. And so we want to thank them for those provisions. But when we read this scripture about providing for the immediate family, you know, in the world today, there's, there's many, um, I'll say, biological dads out there. They, they make kids and they walk away from the relationship. And, you know, working out at the prison, and, and Pastor Steve wouldn't say the same thing, a lot of them are fractioned families. And, and it's sort of a habit in the world today. We get out there. And we just see people having kids and they walk away from that responsibility. And God has called us as men and as fathers to provide for our families. And he says if we don't, you know, it's worse than being an unbeliever. And why would he say something so strong like that? Well, it's because the world even provides for their own family. So as Christians, we even see this more as an importance in our lives to make sure that our family is taken care of, that the bills are paid. Sometimes in our, in our early life, you know, when we first got married, 
you know, I'd work several jobs just to keep ends meet sometimes. And, and we do that, and sometimes we miss certain things in the family, and we can feel guilted about those things. Um, but God has called us to provide. And I just knew, uh, in our family anyways, as, as we started our family, I had the blessing of, of my wife a lot of times um, being home to raise the kids. And, and I know she enjoyed that, and the kids enjoyed that, and we did some homeschooling and things like that. So... Uh, to make the bills pay was, was something that was always important early on in our marriage. But um, when we think about these things, thank, thank your father if, if you can. And if you can't, just be grateful in your heart for the provisions, for the work that he has done to get you where you are today. Secondly is for faithful instruction. So we sort of read some of the, the directions that fathers sometimes say to their kids. But when we think about faithful instruction, it says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. So I read out of the New King James, it says, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. You know, when I read that, you know, sometimes we do things to get our, our kids mad. You know, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Another version says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training, in the instruction of the Lord. And there's another contemporary English version that says, parents, don't be hard on your children. Raise them properly. Teach them and instruct them about the Lord. So sometimes there's a couple schools of thought in raising children, and one is like we're going to raise them with an iron fist. You know, there's no room for this or that. We need to understand that sometimes we can provoke our children uh, to wrath by being too harsh on them, by not explaining things. You know, one of the things that I learned, and again, sometimes a little bit later in life, but I really tried to raise my kids that they could always ask a question. You know, so um, just to say, well, because I said so, you know, why, why do we got to do that? Because I said so, and that was it. And while well, they'd go away not knowing, and sometimes they'd go away thinking I wasn't, uh, fair, they might think that uh, I was even being cruel about certain things. But when you could answer the questions why you're training that child in the way that they should go, you're teaching them about things of God. So uh, we would instruct them, you know, really don't be afraid to ask a question. And I, I tell people that all the time. There's no such thing as a stupid question. We're never going to learn anything unless we ask questions. So I would encourage you as a father to raise your children that way, as grandfathers, as, as I know them. You know, we listen to the questions. Sometimes they get tedious, sometimes they get repetitive, um, but it's important to answer those questions, to spend time with that. And then sometimes, you know, I would tell them, I don't care if everybody else is doing it, you're not going to. You know, the peer pressure things that kids sometimes bring, and all my friends are doing this, all my friends have this. And, you know, my kids used to say, Dad, that's not fair. That's not right. That's not fair. My friends can do this, and blah, blah, blah. And now that they have kids of their own, I sit and smile and just sort of say, because they're going through that exact same things. But we give all sorts of instruction to our children. And one of the most important things that we can do is training them up in the Lord, training them in, in godly virtue. It's not just bringing them to church. Church is an important thing. But it's training them in that. So even in the Bible, in Matthew, the Great Commission says, go forth and make disciples of all nations. Well, when you're a father and a mother and you're at home and you have those little children, they're to be your disciples. You're going to train them and teach them in the things that they need to know. So we teach them about things like school. You know, it's important to go to school. I know you don't like school, but it's important. You need to learn things in order to function in this life. You need to uh, give them good work ethics. You know, learn how to work. So my oldest boy, 
Uh, he's, he's sort of following in my footsteps that, uh, where is he, he read that, that poem today about walking the footsteps. He works a lot. He works too much sometimes, in my opinion. And I always tell him, you got to spend more time at home. He says, well, I want to get these things paid off so I can take it easy the last part of my life. And it's like, you know, we have today. We have today. And, but he's following in my footsteps. So even though I made those mistakes and I sort of see him walking in those ways and he's a good father and he's a, a good husband and he's a hard worker, um, I'm still trying to instruct them to, hey, you know, take a little time and smell the roses and do these things. And, and he does a good job at that. He does really, uh, you know, even though he works hard, he does take time for, for his kids and stuff. So, but we continually train them because... We want them to learn from our mistakes. I want my children to learn from my mistakes. I don't want them to go down that, that same path. Sometimes in relationships, oh, that's a tough one. You have teenagers coming up or have teenagers now. That's always hard because they start getting into relationships and friendships in school. And it's like you stand back and, oh, man, I don't know if that's a, a good relationship or not. I don't know if that would, you know, is that person going to help build you up or tear you down, you know, and, and so our fathers and our parents usually did that for us. And we need to continue to do that as fathers, to get our nose in their business. You know, sometimes you say, oh, I'm going to keep my nose out of their business. No, 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 no. As a parent and as a grandparent, I even say, I put my nose in people's business all the time. I'll give them the advice. What they do with it is up to them. You know, dating, driving a car, etc. We, we give them advice. We give them instruction on all these things. You know, there was a story of, of a, a baseball analogy of a, of a man that when he was young, he was really good at baseball and uh, really excelled in it. And he really thought he could go places, but he ended up getting married and he had the responsibilities. And you know how that is. And you got to get a job and work and, and you just get into this routine called life. And he never really got to uh, live out his dream. And pretty soon he had a child and that boy was growing up and he had the same Love for baseball, he had the same desires and talents, he was very good, and the dad sort of thought, you know, I can help him, this is a way that we can bond, and it's always good to have something in common with your kids, you know, to, that you can uh, do together, and so this was sort of it, and so, but he kept thinking, you know, well, you know, he's, he's got the talent, he can be all these things, and every time after practice or after a game, he would sort of critique him and sort of tell him, well, you know, if you drop your shoulder when the pitch is coming in, or if you do this, and do that, you know, you'd be a little bit better. And, and uh, finally, the, the dad uh, on a way home was critiquing his son, and his, his son had said to him, Dad, could you not start by telling me everything I did wrong? Could you start by telling me something I did right? See, sometimes we're just trying to help along those paths, and we don't always see that. And even in Revelation, when, when uh, the Lord talks about those churches, he always starts by building them up. You're doing these things right. And then he would say, well, one thing I have against you. But I think in our children's lives and just in relationships in general, we need to learn to build one another up. And we can always address the critics. You know, the world is, is full of critics. But the thing as a father is, are you a, a critic or are you a coach? And I think we need to be the coach. We need to help get all that we can out of that person. When we look and, and see sports teams, we see the good coaches that can really get those players to um, go the whole distance, you know, really to get everything out of them. And, and we need to do that with our children. So in Ephesians 6, 4, again, Paul says, don't keep on scolding and nagging your children and making them angry and resentful. Sometimes we can do that. If all you're ever going to see in your children is something wrong, 
and tell them that, they become that image. And they grow up doing that same thing. That pattern is going to repeat itself. So hopefully that we can take that, that um, example of the Lord. We're going to talk about that next. But um, of, of teaching our children to, to find the good and to work on the bad. You know, there was a man that came to Christ later in his life. And, and here's a, a confession that he had written. And I found this just very moving. He said, I took my children to school, but not to church. I taught them to drink, but not of the living water. I enrolled them in Little League, but not in Sunday school. I showed them how to fish, but not be fishers of men. I made the Lord's Day a holiday rather than a holy day. I taught them that church was full of hypocrites and made the greatest hypocrites out of them and me. I gave them a color TV, but provided no Bible. I handed them the keys to the car, but not, did not give them the keys to the kingdom of God. I taught them how to make a living, but I failed to bring them to Christ, who alone can make a life. We don't want to make those mistakes in our life, and maybe sometimes we feel like we have. But again, each day we can do something new, something better, and change our ways. We need to thank our fathers for the faithful instructions that they gave us in life. And we need to do that pattern also with our children. So thanks for the godly uh, illustrations also. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul said to the Corinthians, uh, who were his children in faith, he said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. When we step back as, as parents, do we look and say, children, follow me, do the things that I'm doing? Because they do that. I often say as a pastor, uh, the saying is, I would rather see a good sermon any day than hear one, right? So in our lives, we can tell our, our children not to do things. When I was growing up, uh, like I said, my mom, she had uh, some issues growing. You know, she had drugs and alcohol and tobacco and all these things. And I remember when she caught me smoking one time, uh, she got, I told you not to do that. Well, did it really mean that much when she had, you know, a cigarette in her hand as she was shaking that at me? It didn't, it didn't mean that much. We follow, again, in our father's footsteps or in our parents' footsteps. But Paul, I want you to know, didn't say, do everything I do. And so we tell our kids, don't do everything I do because I've made mistakes in my life. But Paul said, do everything that I do, which is Christ's life. He said, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. And isn't that our challenge every day, to walk in the, the footsteps of Christ? We keep our eyes on him, and as we follow Christ, we will gather that following behind us. I have done in life those things which I don't want my children to do. I've gone through things I don't want my children uh, to experience, and I'm sorry for sometimes the bad examples that I've been to them, but we humble ourselves and we tell them, you know, I'm sorry for those things. I've made these mistakes. But again, we always teach that today is a new day, and there's newness in that. But I've also done some, I think, good things and some Christ-like things. And I think that, that as a family, we've raised our children in the way that they should know. You know, the proverb says, train a child in the way that they should go. And when they are old, they should not depart from it. We, we've pointed the right direction. And we've said, even when we fail, this is the way that you need to go. Keep your eyes on the cross. So we thank God for the fathers who have also not just give us, given us godly instructions, but been a, a godly uh, illustration for us. And I just wanted to close with this, this letter to Dad. It says, There are so many things I'd like to tell you face to face, 
I either lack the words or fail to find the time and place. But in this special letter, Dad, you'll find, at least in part, the feelings that the passing years have left within my heart. The memories of childhood days and all that you have done to make a happy, to make a home a happy place and growing up such fun. I still recall the walks we took, the games we often played, those confidential chats we had while resting in the shade. This letter comes to thank you and for needed words of praise, the counsel and the guidance too that shaped my growing up days. No words of mine can tell you, Dad, the things I really feel, but you must know my love for you is lasting, warm, and real. You made my world a better place, and though the coming years, I'll keep these memories of you as cherished souvenirs. So as parents, as fathers today, I want to thank you fathers for being here because you're setting an example for your family, for um, your community, for your neighbors, for others around. We're an encouragement to one another. When we come together and we see other people here, it's, it's a good thing. I thank you fathers for providing for your, your children, for really taking the time and sacrificing things. I mean, sometimes it'd be easier to be out doing what uh, we want to do. And even though maybe sometimes we do that, we get our priorities right and we provide for our families. I thank you for the godly instructions again for those that bring their children here. I remember when we had our five children and it wasn't easy getting them all ready for church and getting things done. And even as pastors, I mean, I was up in the morning trying to get my self ready and my things ready and my poor wife she had to get herself ready and, and all these kids ready and it took extra time and I thank you parents for doing that and I thank you just for the example that they can look at you and you know even though we feel that we're a broken instrument at times isn't it amazing that the children always have the good memories you know our children gather around the table and they don't talk about the failures that I've made or that we've made as parents growing them up. But they have the good memories. They remember the good things. And so sometimes we can get down on ourselves. But the Lord gives us again his instruction uh, in this that, you know, that we not provoke, but we encourage our children. That we train them and that we teach them what is right. And I thank you, fathers, for doing that today. So... Uh, again, I know I think there's a devotional out in the back or a gift for you guys out in the back. Uh, take that, and um, if your fathers are around today, make sure that you give them a call. Make sure that you uh, let them know how special they are, and if they're not, just bring those memories back. My dad's been gone, I think, close to 20 years now, and uh, I, I reconciled somewhat with my dad when I got older. I think uh, before we got married, Julie actually in, was instrumental in that. Uh, around 21, but then he ended up dying of alcoholism shortly. I don't know what it was, about five, six years after that. But um, I still, even though that little window, I have some fond, fond memories. So I pray that each of you do too. So let's close with a word of prayer. Again, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for what you do in our life. We thank you for the responsibilities that you have given these fathers. And Lord, in a world where fatherhood is sometimes just neglected and gone away Lord we can be that example we can be that encourager to be the best fathers that we can be and Lord I believe for the most part that most of us are are doing the best we can each and every day and, and yes we get it wrong sometimes uh, but Lord that just shows our need for you and Lord we are thankful 
uh, for your forgiveness, and we're thankful, Lord, for our family's understanding and forgiveness also. Lord, continue to make us the men that we need to be, godly men, holy men, prayerful men, men with vision, uh, men with uh, a backbone that can stand up to the things that this world is saying is okay and we know that aren't. And Lord, help us to be leaders in our community, in our families, in our churches. Lord, help us to be examples to those that are around us because we know leadership uh, isn't just a title, it's a way of life. And so, Father, as we lead this next generation into uh, whatever the future holds, Lord, help us to set the pattern. Help us to set the example. We ask these things now in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.